0: This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back to the podcast. I am beyond excited for today's return guest. Today, I am chatting with my friend, Tim Brainerd, who has been on the podcast before, episode 502. So if you have not yet listened to that episode, I highly encourage you to. We talked about mystical numerology, human design and dietary regimen. We talked a bit about the body keys and the forgotten sense, which is what we're really diving into in this episode. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, it will all get explained in this episode, but I would definitely recommend listening to episode 502 if you haven't already with Tim. And then this is the second portion. And I really wanted to have him back on the show to talk about the body keys specifically and the body keys if you're wondering what they are, this is how they're described on his website. A map of how the body is equipped to manage stress and soften tension in our lives. We dive deep into this in today's episode, but what it really is, is, I mean, it's a roadmap to identifying how tension is coming up in your body, how it's showing up in your body and how to get unstuck and actually activate some of your greatest gifts through that tension. This has been super profound for me. I got a Body Keys personal formula from Tim shortly after our last recording and implementing them has been super life-changing for me. And I think this is just such a tangible thing for everybody to learn about. And to be honest, I don't know anybody who couldn't benefit from this because I know a lot of us, you know, we get in these Patterns of tension, and we feel stress in our bodies, and we often just stay in that stuckness. And so, this is a really practical, tangible way to get unstuck. And, you know, if you're struggling with stress, if you're struggling with tension, if your nervous system is feeling a little, you know, on edge recently, I highly recommend checking this out because it is super, super life changing. So, we dive deep into the body keys, we talk about the forgotten sense, which is essentially the sixth sense, our innate wisdom that we often overlook. It's an epic episode, so I can't wait for you guys to hear it. And if you want to connect further with Tim, if you want to check out any of his readings, get your body keys, personal formula, you can go to timothybrainerd.com and his Instagram is at TimothyBrainard. So I'm super excited for you guys to all dive into this information because it has just been so life-changing for me. I share more about it in the episode. And I know you're gonna get a lot of value out of it. I always love chatting with Tim and I'm just so grateful he came back on the podcast and we might have to have him on again. So definitely let us know what you get from this. If you have any further questions, I'm sure we could definitely do a part three because there's so much to dive into. So if you're ready to learn more about the body keys and how to get unstuck, release the tension in your body and in your life, then this is for you. Enjoy this episode with Timothy Brainerd. I am so excited to announce that my new book, Manifestation Mastery, How to Shift Your Reality and Co-Create with the Universe, is officially available for purchase right now. This book is a really comprehensive guide to manifestation and how the energetics of attraction really work. It is the perfect resource if you are ready to really learn how to raise your frequency, become truly magnetic and make manifestation your lifestyle. If you really want to understand how manifestation works, I highly recommend checking out this book. The book is a completely channeled text and is super activating. So only get your hands on it if you are ready to truly shift your life. As always, I am so grateful for all of your support during this launch, the way that this community has supported me. It truly, truly means the world. And I really couldn't have done this without you. So thank you so much for that. And as an extra thank you for anybody who leaves a review for the book on Amazon, you can submit that at manifestationmasterybook.com and get a free bonus chapter that goes along with the book that no one else has access to. So if you want to be one of the first people to get your hands on this book, Manifestation Mastery, and if you want that free bonus chapter, just head to manifestationmasterybook.com and you can find all of the information there. You can head straight to Amazon to find the book as well. When you get it, be sure to tag me on social media at Christina, the channel, so that I can see that you're reading it. I can see which parts you are loving and I can repost you and say, thank you so much for supporting me with this book. And if it does resonate with you, tell everybody, you know, let's spread the love. Let's spread the high vibes, all of the manifestation magic. That is my goal with this book. So again, all information you can find at manifestationmasterybook.com. And I can't wait for you to get your hands on this. So as I was saying, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. We had such, such great feedback from last time. I wasn't surprised. So thank you for coming back on and sharing your energy with me again.
1: Oh my, it's all (laughs) my pleasure. Thank you too.
0: So today I, well, actually, you know what I want to start with? I want to hear like, what's, what's going on for you? What are you, what are you pumped about right now?
1: Oof, A lot of things. But the one thing that is most recent and most current is that, uh, just this earlier this week, just on Monday, I released the second level of my forgotten sense program. There are Amazing. three levels and level two just launched. And that's been in the works since the turn of the new year. So mm. it was a very long time coming and I could not be more thrilled. We may have time to talk about the forgotten senses. We move through this, but
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, why not now? Do you want to just jump into it? Cause people, I know last time we talked about the body keys and, uh, a little bit about the forgotten sense, but, and everybody was just kind of like, I want to hear more about it. And I definitely want to talk about the body keys. Uh, do you want to just dive in, dive into the forgotten sense?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to share what it is, what it's about, and then we can kind of follow those breadcrumbs wherever they might lead us. Um, and I, before I do that, I just want to say how special it is to be sharing this time with you again, Christina. And I also want to kind of give a special shout out to your listeners too, because I have met so many wonderful people as a result of that prior conversation that I know I would not have met by any other means, or certainly not in this fashion or at this time. So, um, it's been wonderful. I feel, I really feel like a very lucky man. And I wanted to thank all of you and especially you, Christina. So.
0: You're so welcome. Well, I'm so glad. That's one of the things I love about podcasting is, you know, helping people in my audience, like find really incredible people. So it makes me happy that I know I have a lot of clients who had mentioned to me that they had gotten readings with you after. And so that was really cool to hear about how that went. So love (laughs) all the connections. Love it.
1: Yeah. So important. So powerful. We're here to support one another. And um, the fact that we get to do that all the time is just, that's the gift of existence, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That give and take that inhalation and exhalation, um, which ironically brings me back to the forgotten sense. So the forgotten sense is, uh, the result of many, many years of discovery. Uh, I've been looking for a very long time for my entire adult life for the fundament of our experience. What is at the foundation of our experience? I've always known ever since I was a child that our, our existence had some meaning, some purpose, but what is it ultimately that supports that and allows for us to penetrate to the depths of that in such a way that we can then express it. And so I've been looking for this, what I refer to as the critical point of our experience and the forgotten sense is that critical point. Uh, it, It was a total surprise to me when I found it, but it literally is a sixth sense. And so in the forgotten sense, currently the program is built in three tiers. There are three levels and the first level represents an educational model that allows for us to gain a a practical understanding for what that sixth sense actually is. And we go through the way that our senses work and specifically how it is that this extra sense, so to speak, has been forgotten and how it can be made use of. And that application is is actually a unification of our mind and our bodies as cooperative forms of awareness, which in and of itself is a fairly dramatic uh, upgrade to our way of perceiving life because most of our modern uh, society, as you and many of your listeners are already aware, so much of the force of that societal um, upbringing, so to speak, has been uh, focused mentally. And so we are very aware of our mind and we have in many cases become disembodied from the, the bulk of our natural intelligence, what I refer to as natural intelligence. And so we're disconnected from ourselves. And as we unify these two forms of awareness, we come into contact with a whole new way of relating to life. And so the, the forgotten sense level one model shows us how to first understand that and second, make use of it. And then level two with the one I just launched brings all of that down into everyday life. And it expands on what I refer to as wayfinding wayfinding is uh, an everyday practice, a moment by moment practice that has transformed my life from the inside out. And ultimately what it is, is it's reminding us how to reconnect to life as an expression of nature itself, rather than an, an artificial attempt to become something dramatic shift.
0: An artificial attempt to become something. Wow. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Let me, let me go back a little bit Mm -hmm. because I know people are going to, they're like trying to grasp, uh, going back to the sixth sense. So does that look like something unique for each person or is that something that is the same for everyone? It's Fundamental. for everyone. Yep.
1: So, and that's a part of what excites me by the way about the forgotten sense, because as we explore systems like human design or the gene keys, and we gain a very faceted perspective on the individual, we do end up in what is oftentimes uh, a bit of a mire of detail and information. And, and in the right frame of mind, that apparent mire can of course be deeply revealing. And, and most of us, Encountering this conversation right now, or in that world, we, we gobble it up, we savor it, we make use of it, but under all the information is something that exists on a principle level. And that's where I've always been focused. I'm, I'm intrigued by the data, by the information, but what's under it, what supports it? What are the, the underlying principles that support life? And that's what the forgotten sense speaks to. So I often like to say that the forgotten sense is a sort of, uh, content that I would love for everyone to have every human being anywhere in the world of any age. If I were to raise a child, I would raise the child with this awareness because it would reconnect them and sustain a connection to their own inherent awareness system, their, their inner guidance, their wisdom.
0: So what would that look like to, to raise a child and support them and in, in having that awareness?
1: I can't speak to that because I haven't raised a child. However, what I do know is that it would be Uh, certainly include a continual return to their own uh, knowing in spite of my adult, apparent adult awareness system. So oftentimes this is what happens as we, as we become, you know, adults and experts in living, (laughs) none of (laughs) us are, we impose our perspectives on others and, um, And that is nowhere more true than when we're raising a child because we're afraid for them and we want them to succeed. But I do believe that there are natural patterns in place that support growth. And those patterns are far more intelligent than our best attempts to be intelligent. And our typical attempts at upbringing and at training and um, unfortunately at programming others are primarily intellectual and life's processes are organic and they're written into the body system itself, not the mind. So I would really want to focus on helping a child to understand that their mind works in service to the wisdom of the body. They they work together. There's a marriage of these forms of awareness and that awareness can be tapped as a holism, as a unity, not, not this mental, uh, pendulum that we constantly find ourselves on. So that's obviously a much bigger question that we can cover in this conversation, but a good one unless.
0: Well, I'm wondering if there's anything you could tell the audience about like, how could they start connecting with that forgotten sense?
1: Yeah. Okay it's so hard not to just leap right into, well, here's what the forgotten sense is and here's how it works. Cause that's what the nerd in me wants to do. Um, but, uh, ironically, the easiest way to access the forgotten senses through the body keys, which we're also going to talk about mm-hmm. because, because this capacity that each of us has to come down into the body, to remember that we are touching life through experience every single moment, That's, that's what I would like to offer every listener. We have all of this vital energy given up to the conceptual cloud, the storm cloud for most of us in our heads and that vital energy, if it can be rooted in our physical experience in particular, our sensory relationship with life, if we can do that, then we become present to the richness of experience rather than losing ourselves to the storm of concept. And so what I often like to offer as a beginning point is to feel yourself in your feet. I once read something, I believe it was by Thich Han. actually a long, long time ago, he talked about walking as if your feet were kissing the ground. And I've, I've loved that ever since. So how can you bring your mental awareness into your every step, so that your energy comes, because that's what happens: is we attend to anything, we are giving our energy over to it. And so, if you can pay attention to your feet, then that energy starts to filter down in through the body and integrates in ways that it simply cannot while we're spinning up here in the head.
0: Totally, totally. Well, when you say you stumbled across the forgotten sense, you like the way you describe it is like one day I stumbled across it. What, what? Can you tell me more about that?
1: I can. Um, it's not quite fair to say that one day I stumbled across it since I was actively seeking something, but I didn't know what it was. And, uh, I guess, I guess it's more fair to say that when it clicked, it clicked, like it, it it changed me and it, um, it wasn't a conceptual awareness. It was like a a whole being drop down, like, Oh my goodness. And, and the simplicity and availability of what I, what I was seeing, um, was mind blowing, but that's how wisdom moves, by the way. Um, everything of deepest value is free.
0: So what made it click?
1: I have a story about that, that I would be excited to share. Um, it's about a hummingbird. Now, I don't believe I shared this during our last conversation, but I always like to make sure I'm not repeating myself.
0: No, I don't think you did.
1: <laughs> okay, So I was visiting my brother in California, uh, many years ago. And, uh, it was during a particularly tumultuous period in my experience, I, I was stuck in this, uh, stuck in the balance between the way that my real life was playing out and the inner awareness that I was here for a reason. And I was very bound up in the question of what am I supposed to do? And how, how can I, I wasn't so concerned about making a mark like on life so much as um, like validating my own existence. Like I wanted, I wanted it to add up to something, you know, I have this gift of life. What's it, what does it mean? Right. And, and so I was searching and I was searching hard and I was, I was searching to make a difference in a meaningful way to contribute to life in some meaningful way. And frankly, I was getting pretty well bent out of shape. Um, because in that search, of course, the search began from a position of assuming I was not in fact accomplishing that. Right. So there was an awful lot of energy spent trying to figure out my purpose. And a uh, part of why I was visiting my brother was because I needed to kind of like leave everything that I was struggling so hard to accommodate and just kind of vacation in Southern California with him for a few days. So, uh, he and I, uh, wake up one morning, we're having our coffee and we hear this, this. Like it sounded like almost like there was construction happening in the next, in the next room or something. And it just persisted and persisted until we were like, what is going on out there? So we just kind of like popped out. He he was on a second floor of this uh, apartment complex. We popped out onto the balcony area there to see what was going on. And we're looking for the sound. And then I spotted it. It was a hummingbird and the hummingbird was trying to get through a window. Now. Yeah. Now, the way that this uh, apartment complex was set up, it was, it was real tall and you had this, this enormous archway that you entered through and it was not a door. It was an archway. It was wide open to the outside. And then directly above that archway, a good 12 to 15 feet over top of it was this huge arch window. And it was in that arch window that there was this, this hummingbird trying to get out of the window. And, and this hummingbird it was, it just drove me wild because I knew that it could see the outside. Like I, I it's almost like I could get in its head. It, it could very clearly see what it was after it was right there. And it just gets kept, kept running into this invisible wall, you know? And, and so I'm like, Oh, we got to be able to help it somehow, but it was way too high up for, for us to do anything. And, uh, and so we went back into the apartment and just continued about our morning, but this poor bird just kept going And, and so we, uh, we went to get coffee and as we were walking out big on coffee, we made our own coffee. Then we went to a coffee shop. Right. And uh, as we're leaving for the coffee shop, I'm like, dude, I I really want to help it. And so I'm like standing underneath, like trying to figure out if there's any way I can get up there and there isn't. And we decided we'll go enjoy our, our coffee shop adventure. And when we come back, if it's still there, we'll ask for help, but it's on a Sunday. So there's like no one really there. So sure enough, we come back. And this hummingbird is still there. Now, this poor bird at this point is hours in, hours into trying to get through this window. And, and, and now what it's doing is it, it'll fly up, peck at the window, and then flop down on the, uh, on the windowsill. It's out of energy. It's, it's literally beginning to kill itself at this point, and it's desperation to get out the window. So we call down to the office, no one's there. We have to go down to the office and find someone. They drive their little golf cart up with a, with a broom and they're trying to reach it with a broom and they can't. So then they say they're gonna leave for a ladder and they never come back. So my brother you know, gives up on it, goes into the room, but I can't, like at this point, I, for, there's this strange investment in the hummingbird. I'm starting to take it personally. So I walk down there and I get under it again. And I start to have this conversation with the hummingbird. Right. And and I'm telling this bird with my words and feeling a little stupid, but also just like desperate to help the poor creature. I'm telling it, if it would just, if it would just relax, if it would stop trying so hard to get out and relax, it could fall into my hands and I would walk it right out the door. I, I was telling it, I'm like, look, you're so close. If it's like right down here, it's directly beneath you. You can just, you're free. Like, that's it. And uh And I was trying to talk to it with my mind and I was trying to talk to it with my mouth. And, and finally I told it, I told it that if it, if it would surrender itself completely, I, I promised that I would catch it. And, um, and immediately after I, I spoke those words, this hummingbird flies up and for the first time in all of these hours, it flies backwards and then it just falls and it, and it kind of like falls into the wall and I caught it. Right. And so now I'm holding this bird and it's just sitting there heaving. I mean, it can hardly breathe. It's covered in cobwebs from its attempts to get out this, you know, dirty window. And, and I'm, you know, now fulfilling my promise and I walk it out, walk it out the door and I sit, sit there with it for a solid 15 minutes or so while it just catches its breath. I mean, it it had to have been very near death. And I actually have a picture and video of the bird. I asked it for permission and, um, and it gave me a look like, are you serious? but it didn't say no. So, um, (laughs) so I have, and I've kept them for all these years because it's that important to me. Um, and then eventually this, this little hummingbird kind of gathers itself, fluffs its wings and then takes off. And I realized as a result of that experience that, uh, two things. First, this hummingbird was delivering a message to me. Um, second that it had nearly killed itself in its attempt to do so, which tells me I was a little slow to pick up on the, uh, (laughs) on the message there, but I did get the message. And the message was this. I can see the end from the start, apparently here in my head as well. And I can see very clearly what that vision is. I'm here for a purpose. I'm supposed to do something. I'm supposed to be, you know, living a life of meaning and contributing to life and all of these things. It was very clear to me. And I kept poking and poking and poking to try and understand what that might be conceptually. And that bird showed me that if I would just relax, literally physically relax all of that effort, all of that tension, somehow magically the act of relaxing my body would open the door to the liberation and ultimately the um, expression of inner value that I knew so deep in my bones. And so once, once that clicked it, it clicked and it clicked hard. And I actually, I went back to where I lived in Berkeley at the time and, um, And my life began to change dramatically after that, because I obeyed, I, I focused my attention instead of trying, trying to figure anything out. I focused my attention on my body. I learned how to engage in what I refer to as body listening, which is uh, a constant attunement to the tension in my own physical body. And I started to open myself because as you release tension, you also open you open the body muscular on a muscular level, you open the body on a cellular level and you open the heart. And doing this allowed me to access the poetry of my own life in such a deep and meaningful way that I've literally never looked back and everything I've ever um, engaged in or developed since has been uh, an expression of this single lesson. And the forgotten sense speaks to that too.
0: When it comes to morning rituals, we all know it's all about the beverages. Am I right? Every single day, as part of my morning ritual, I open up my heart chakra with some delicious organified green juice filled with so many incredible ingredients that naturally support detoxification of the pineal gland, help to naturally balance out your hormones, regulate your stress response, and give you your daily dose of superfoods. And I have been obsessed with the new green juice crisp apple flavor. It is so delicious, made from organic whole apples with all of the same benefits as the original green juice, which we all know I've been obsessed with forever. It has all of the superfoods I used to put in drinks individually. And we all know it's just a pain in the butt. First of all, to juice, I was depressed when I used to try and juice because it took up 45 minutes of my morning. And also dealing with all of these different packages and powders and where are they all from. So it's an all-in-one with Organifi green juice. It has so many of my favorite ingredients, ashwagandha for regulating the cortisol response, moringa for natural energy, spirulina and chlorella. We all know I am obsessed with for natural detoxification support. Algae is a true superfood. All of the ingredients are designed to help hydrate, energize and support cortisol balance. Best way to start my day, extra energy without any added caffeine, and it tastes so good. So if you want to try out green juice, the original or the new green juice crisp apple flavor, which you need to get your hands on, then just head to Organifi.com CTC to get 20% off. That's spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com CTC to get 20% off your order. Check out the green juice and literally all of their other products because... If you watch my stories, you know I have an entire cabinet with all of my Organifi alphabetized because it's it's a main food group for me. Red juice, gold, harmony. It's a lifestyle. So again, Organifi.com slash CTC, and that code CTC will get you 20% off. Wow, that's such a beautiful story. And I, I'm sure that's hitting a lot of people really hard. I'm curious. You know, I think a lot of people, especially listening to this podcast are aware on some level of, I need to just surrender. I need to just relax, but they might feel like, I don't know why I just can't, you know, it feels like almost like this addiction to this pattern. Right. And I think a lot of people are kind of in that space of maybe mentally knowing, like, I know I need to just surrender. I need to calm my system down or listen to my body, but why do I keep, not, and so for that person, I mean, why is it that that we get in that space, and and how do we get out of that?
1: Hmm. Well, in part part of the reason that we are in that space is because we've been trained to occupy that space, and and we've developed chronic patterns over decades. Most of us engaging in this conversation are not, you know, infants. So we've been at this a very long time, and we've trained uh, neurological and, uh, nervous system to accommodate this as a way of being. Unfortunately, it's depleting us. So it's a way of being that doesn't sustain. That's the problem with it. Um, worse than being unsustainable, it actually does legitimate ongoing damage, which is also something that most of us on this path have discovered as part of how most of us ended up on the path. I imagine. Right. So the reason why we're there is because we've been trained to act this way, to to meet our lives in the same way and by means of the same strategies that any any artificial man-made construct in all of our modern experience is built. And this is a part of what level two of the Forgotten Sense reveals, by the way. It it draws a distinction between the, the life processes, organic life processes of a tree and the um, man-made strategic processes of a building. Well, we've been taught to meet life much more like a building, like an artifice than like a plant, but we are plants. We are expressions of nature. We are not built by bricks. We are, we are built by organisms, right? We are, uh, we are a direct expression of relationship. So our whole entire way of being our whole entire way of life is demanding an alteration, but there's really no model for that alteration out there. There's no human model. No, that's not fair. There are very few human models and you really have to look for them, right? The model itself is nature. You can't miss it, but we're not taught to look there. And so, so what we have as models are demonstrating this heavily, uh, effortful, or a mentally focused, strategic, linear pattern of growth that hustles and achieves and climbs the mountain in order to arrive at the peak. The problem is that even those people who are capable of this are not accessing fulfillment. So even when it works, it doesn't work. <laughs> so something is deeply flawed with our entire, uh, method of relating to life itself which is what has led me over and over again to the fundamental layers of experience it's not going to be about our our beliefs about money it's not going to be about what we're doing professionally it's not going to be about our relationship to our family it's not going to be about any of those things individually it will somehow include them all it somehow holds all of those things so we need to get under them but we're not taught to do that so this is for those of you who who are like Christina said uh, aware to some extent that th- that you have to surrender. The problem is that the idea of surrender is only an idea. It gets stuck in this net of concept. Right. And so we read about it and we talk about it and we listen to podcasts about it and we think and we think really hard and we're up there pecking at that window. Got to surrender, got to surrender, got to surrender. And that's what we can see. That's, you know, that's the open air on the other side, but for the life of us, we can't figure it out. And all I can tell you is that life was kind enough to give me the answer. And I'm putting that in quotation marks, but I'm not being facetious and I'm not being cute. That is the truth in my world. And it is, it's what I'm here to do. Like, that's it to deliver this answer over and over and over again. There is no hard work here. Mm
0: -hmm. Life will do
1: itself through each one of us. It'll do it all. Everything we're working so hard for life can handle always has always will to guarantee our only job is to remember how to open and allow life to move us rather than trying to push ourselves through life. Life doesn't need our help. So how can we relax? That's the answer and it is physical. And that is where it becomes really simple. So if you can continually return to your body and ask whether you're tight or soft, whether your heart is closed or open, whether there is tension or relaxation, you will have something that's the path.
0: So uh, timely as well, because I feel like I'm having this conversation with so many people in my oh. ecosystem, especially in the last few weeks, it feels like a yeah, lot wow. of people are hitting this point where, cause I'm hearing different versions of it. And I think where it's really stood out for me, it has been just a number of people who really love what they do and like really love their lives. And then all of a sudden it's like, I don't really know what's off, but all of a sudden I feel burnt out. And, and it's not as clear as a lot of these people have been on a track of like, whoa, I got burned out because I was really in the wrong career or really with the wrong relationships and having gone through the experience of, you know, realigning things and feeling like, oh, I have my energy back and things are flowing. But then once again, hitting this weird space of like, I can't move forward in this way, mm-hmm. but I don't really know what the the tangible thing is. And I think, you know, what comes forward for me when you're talking is it's not, maybe it's just about how we're related. It's how we're relating to life, right? Like how we're being, uh, rather than like the, the tangible practical pieces.
1: Yes, that's right. And, and so much of what I'm developing is attempting to, um, supersede, subvert, even precede the, the mental effort that goes into trying to figure out the why right? So so you're, you're chugging along, everything's good. And then you hit this wall. And all of a sudden, all of those processes that supported growth are failing you. And all of a sudden the energy that you did have is lagging and or flagging rather you're, you're running out of energy. Right. And so, um, the question for us in that moment is oftentimes, why is this happening? And I want to adjust that. I want to say, forget about why it's happening and ask what you need to do because, and, and that's a tricky question. What do I need to do? Because it'll often wrap right back into effort. And I'm saying that the single answer to that question in every case without fail on any point of any part of our life, the answer is always soften and open, soften and open. If we can get into this habit of hitting that wall and forgetting the need to know, forgetting the need to understand which trauma led us to this point or which chronic activity is hurting us. If we can simply soften and open, we gain access to awareness that we do not have when we've got those blinders on that tunnel vision of tension. There's too much that we can't see when we're in a state of worry, when we're in a state of stress or anxiety, once we've hit that wall, it's too late. That's where the body keys come in. And you know this from firsthand experience. Now, Christina, the body keys are not a conceptual system. It's not about figuring anything out. There are details you will learn, but those details are ultimately to support direct proactive and moment-by-moment application of very, very simple activities. So that's the answer to the question of what to do. And it's always easy and it's always available. And it's always obvious. We've just forgotten it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I've been really excited to talk more about the body keys. I've, I talked a little bit about it in, a solo episode I had recorded after our last conversation, after I had gotten my reading and just was applying things. And, you know, I didn't, I don't think I fully got it until I had my own experience with it, if that makes sense. And the thing is, it's so, I think it's one of the things where it's so simple. It might seem so simple when you get it that you might not actually apply it, but Mm -hmm. when you actually apply it, it's, profound. And that's the point, right? It is so simple. And it's a lot of things that you naturally do. Right. So like you already, I I know for me, it was really validating and making me realize, Oh, I already naturally kind of, I know that that's what I tend to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think even just reframing for people, like, uh, (laughs) I I don't know. I think sometimes we can create beliefs around like how we're supposed to move through something. And I was like, Oh, look, like, you know, what is it is very effective for me to go on a walk and put in my headphones. So I'm not avoiding this. I'm moving the, like, I'm shifting the tension.
1: (laughs) That's that's exactly right.
0: So for people, I know we we talked about it last time, but I want to recap here and just in case anybody's new, can you explain like what the body keys are and, and how it works? Like, let's get really clear for people.
1: Sure. Yeah. Hmm. So Each of our bodies is unique, but one thing that all of our bodies share in common is an intelligence that is rooted in something that precedes the mind in something deeper than the mind. And a part of that awareness is, uh, an individual knowing on how to soften the tightness of tension and stress. So each of our bodies has unique mechanisms in place for doing that. And, uh, and it's, you know, I really have to make a point in sharing that these systems that I am describing and that I've created, I don't feel that I've created them. They were given to me as gifts. And I'm as, I'm as surprised by all of this as anyone. So as, as I really want you to hear what I'm sharing with as much humility as, as can possibly fill the words, because I don't feel responsible for them. I feel responsible for sharing them. Okay. Um, but the body keys are your bodies direct mechanisms for soothing that, that tightness in the body. And as, as Christina mentioned, these mechanisms are all based in some form of uh, embodied activity. So they are not conceptual. They're not about figuring anything out. They are all about moving into some very, very basic, oftentimes mundane activity in order to return the awareness to the base of experience, which is, which is, the sensory relationship to life, which is the human experience, right? So that's what the body keys are. Uh, there's a map that your personal formula will, uh, provide. And that map is only going to, sh- it's going to show you what your body keys are. Uh, the map will include the primary patterns of tension that are most likely to be contributors to your experience. And I say it this way on purpose, because these patterns of tension all along the way have actually been teachers anytime we tense up, we are receiving a signal from the body. We haven't known it though. We've been so busy up here in the mind that we haven't known to listen in to the, what the body tells us, which is why sometimes the body has to get really, really loud. And that's called pain, right? So the body communicates to the mind through tension that we're doing something that does not support life. And as we, as we are able to adjust our relationship to tension and learn to listen for it, We can begin to access life in a far more cooperative manner. We also unify the mental awareness with the physical awareness. And so in your personal formula, you meet stuckness patterns, and those are unique to each of us. Every stuckness pattern is unlocked by one of seven body keys. And every one of these body keys allows for the ultimate expression of a gift. And that gift is a natural extension of who you are. It does not need to be cultivated or developed. It is the truth of your radiant self when you are relaxed and your heart is open. So the personal formula is built on these primary aspects. The final additional piece of the puzzle is called an elemental expression. And each, each of these personal formulas has one element activated. Each one of us has a a primary element and there are six different elemental possibilities in this system. And they are earth, water, fire, air, ether and spirit. So one of those six is going to be activated in your personal formula and all these different aspects work together to contribute to a really, really simple practice that allows for a direct soothing of that tension in the moment. And I'll be interested to hear what you, what your experience of this has been Christina, but I've learned that applying the body keys allows for me to proactively engage in that moment of tension in such a way that the tension is resolved in a matter of minutes and sometimes seconds. So we're not talking about days, weeks, years of therapy here. We're talking about a moment by moment, uh, regulation. We're talking about a return to self and a continual return to self. And as we apply those body keys and return to this state of relaxation, we are returning to what I like to refer to as our natural state of elegant composure. This is who each one of us is and what we're capable of. We forget it in the head. We remember it in the body.
0: Yes. Well, so I, if you don't mind, I'm just going to give any like examples from my own, just so it makes sense for people, right? So, because it was honestly so validating for me. And I want to share a little bit about that, but for example, like some of my uh, like patterns of tension, right? So melancholy paralysis, overwhelm and compromise uh, and you know, you have, you provide examples of all the ways that can show up, but just for the purposes of this podcast, anybody listening, I'm sure think about overwhelm, right? I know I can tune into, Oh, I feel overwhelmed right now. I can feel the overwhelm or I can feel the paralysis or I can feel the melancholy, or I can feel where I'm compromising. And so I can identify that. And then for each of those individually, there's a specific, key. So I'll use melancholy. It's soundscape. So for me, that can be, you know, listening to certain music and I, I know what song, right. I keep pressing next until I, (laughs) until I get the song and I just, and I just know, or, uh, you know, privacy Mm. going into my cave. So, or with, you know, overwhelm it's organization. So I know to, to organize. And then, so you basically, okay, this is the pattern. And then I know exactly what to do from there. And, you know, a lot of these can also be combined, but, and then it unlocks something else. Right. So I think I want to, I just want to share this around the melancholy because this was really, really profound for mm-hmm. me and really just validating because I've always had that sort of, I, I've kind of felt guilty about it my whole life, but as somebody who's always loved to be creative and, and to write, I've really loved going deep into the heavy emotions because that is how I found my artistry. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because that's the term. And one of my best friends growing up used to call me melancholy. Like that was my nickname (laughs) uh, specifically because we loved that word. And I've just always been someone that would just get so deep in my feels, but that is, that has always been my inspiration. And I really battled with that for a while. Like, well, I don't have to feel sad to get inspired right i don't like and just reframing that for myself but it really has always been how i create coming from that space and i kind of started to figure that out of wow when i'm feeling these really intense feelings as i move through this something beautiful always comes from it and i have seen that as a really as a really beautiful gift right and i think just really learning about that one especially was super validating and um i've actually found that i'm so much more creative since implementing these. And there was, I think a lot of spaces I, I had sort of forgotten uh, things that I really enjoyed doing that since has, I have just felt like something got unplugged and my creativity came back in a really different way, which has been really great for me and kind of just reconnecting to this other part of myself that I didn't really realize I had uh, not been engaging with. So that's, you know, one example that was really profound for me. And what I love about this is it, it's so simple of, okay, I can just identify what, which pattern am I feeling? And then this is exactly what I can do to, to shift the tension. And I think that's, it's so tangible for people. It's so tangible. And wh- what I realized was when I was listening to all of this, it felt like, oh, I've always had all of the puzzle pieces, but this put it together. So it's like, I know, I, you know, I always will, if I'm feeling my stuff, I'll put in my headphones, blast the music or, you know, blast music here, go on a drive, whatever. Right, I know I need privacy. I'm, I'm getting my hermit energy. I'm just, no one talked to me. Right. Or I know I just need to organize it. I need to, you know, write everything down on the, uh-huh. on the right sheets. Like I've always done these yeah. things, but mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily doing them in con- immediately when I felt the feeling, mm-hmm. uh, or I wasn't doing it connected to the one it was going to shift. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So this made it really, uh, simple for me to know exactly what to, what to move into. And then, you know, you shift the tension. And for me, it's been some version of like inspiration flowing, right? It's what you were Mm -hmm. saying. Like, Oh, now I can, I can see clearly. And it it would be unproductive for me to even try and figure anything out, uh, or do anything inspired when I'm in this state of, of tension.
1: That's right. Dang. I'm so, so I haven't heard that story just for anyone listening. This yeah. is actually my first opportunity to receive that feedback, direct feedback from Christina. And I am celebrating because that's 100% it. And, and I love that you also noted how obvious this is once you see it. And, and I think you're right that, that, There is at least a potential trap here that once a, uh, once a person experiencing the body keys really sees what's happening, there's such a big duh that happens inside. Like, oh, come on, that it might be easy to be like, okay, you know, like I've, I've got that already, but the distinction is that we get to now proactively engage in this awareness. We get to turn our very, very busy mental mind, mental awareness toward the body in a way that is cooperative, proactive, and benefits us holistically because that's what happens when there's a, a unity of mind and body. So that's really exciting. I also love the melancholy example. So I, I may have mentioned this to you in, in the recording because every personal formula package comes with a, um, at least for now, anyway, they all come with a personalized audio recording uh, where I kind of break down what I'm seeing in your uh, personal formula and Uh, part of what makes Christina so unique and a part of why her literal nickname was melancholy, which is crazy, is that uh, melancholy is connected to the individual circuitry in our human design. And so uh, it was actually through contemplation on human design themes and the circuitry in particular, and also gene keys themes that the body keys was kind of dropped into my lap as this new awareness. Right. And it is, the individual stream or circuitry in the human design that, uh, contributes to this particular pattern of melancholy. And Christina has more than 50% of all the activations in her body graph happening on that courseway. So there's a very specific way that energy moves through you, Christina, and it's happening for a reason without understanding that reason gets all bent out of shape. And we start to wrap, mental reasons around a natural process. And anytime that we do that, we literally strangle the life out of it. And that is what we experience as a stuckness pattern of melancholy. But the movement of health is so important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I I have a number of questions related to this. One is, you know, something you had said to me and I forget how you phrased it, but something around like all of mine are related to me and not related to other people. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like none of them involve anybody else. Is that is that common? Is that uncommon? Like, how many people are like that? Like, it's all a personal process.
1: Okay, so yes, of course, all of these are personal um, and personalized, so they're unique to us. But what I found interesting about Christina's personal formula is that there were no there were no patterns uh, playing out in the relational dimension. And so there are seven different patterns of stuckness that, uh, the body keys works with, um, one or several of those will be activated in your personal formula. Okay. Um, those patterns play out in four different dimensions. Okay. And those dimensions are the individual dimension, the relational dimension, the emotional dimension, and the mental dimension. Uh, what I found fascinating about Christina's personal formula is that there, there's really no energy moving at all, not in her personal formula, not even really in her human design in these relational sectors, her experience is very internal. It feels to me like, like if you could imagine a, um, like an atom bomb, the way that, that mushroom cloud starts from a center and that just affects everything. That's very much like what we're seeing here. Um, she's going to have an impact that is absorptive. It includes others but it's not dependent upon others. It's all about whether or not she can maintain a center. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, (laughs) between this and lots of other things, I always tell people, I'm like, you could literally plot me on an Island by myself and I would be highly entertained for my whole life. Like I, I I require no external stimulation. Like there's so much happening. (laughs) I, and I genuinely mean that, you know, uh, like going on big trips and being just by myself and, you know, not having technology or books or anything. I've just, I could sit there and just like think within myself <laughs> for forever. So, um, is that, but so is that uncommon to not have the relational, relational piece?
1: It's fairly uncommon uh, right. to have in, in a case like yours, I think there were four different elements, uh, yeah. that were activated in each section and none of them were playing out in the relational dimension. Um, I found that interesting. Um, yeah.
0: Which, which key is the least common?
1: There are two. Um, so this whole time what we're really tracking is a pathway and the pathway begins with a stuckness pattern and then it meets a body key that unlocks that tension and then it delivers a gift. So you have a stuckness pattern, you have a body key and then a gift in that sequence, right? Mm -hmm. Um, there are two sequences that are Statistically, the most rare. Um, I'm going to share them with you, but I also want to be clear that when we're talking about rare in this case, it's the, it's a statistical rarity. It's not necessarily better or worse than in any of these cases. There's no actual hierarchy here. Okay. Um, the two rarest uh, sequences are first one that is represented in Christina's profile, which is uh, the sequence that moves from compromise to the body key of privacy to the ultimate delivery of the gift of sovereignty, um, which is remarkable to consider that on the other side of compromise of self, which makes us really teeny tiny is the gift of sovereignty, which stands tall and takes up space. I mean, this, and this happens over and over again, the gift is always 180 degrees apart from what the, the tension has us believing, which is the point of the tension. It hurts because it's the body saying not that that's not true. You're not small. Stop squeezing yourself in the tiny boxes. Right. Okay. Um, the other one, uh, moves from the stuckness pattern of isolation. This is a relational pattern, by the way. Um, it is unlocked by the, Oh, actually, I guess there are three. Now that I'm saying this, it's unlocked by the pattern of nature and nurture. It's actually combined body key. So, um, isolation is unlocked by connection to nature and self-nurture and it delivers the gift of connection. Again, isolation to connection. It's an enormous leap. And the one that I forgot about is actually, um, it's, a, another pathway that moves from in this case, self-criticism as the tension pattern, which is unlocked by privacy and soundscape, another, another combined one. It needs an extra punch in this case. Um, and it delivers, I love this. This is in, this is in my profile, by the way. And it's, it's the one that I've really, really connected to. It delivers the gift of gentleness. On the other side of self-criticism, that harshness is waiting this soft, fertile soil of gentleness. And, uh, so yeah, those are the three most rare.
0: Wow. Yeah. And what about the most common statistically?
1: So, um, these days I've found, uh, that modern individuals are often expressing this primary pattern of melancholy. So the movement from melancholy, to the, uh, key of soundscape to the gift of originality is a very common one. I would say in, in any case where I find a personal formula that doesn't include that in one way or another, I'm surprised it's almost always there. Um, and then two that I would say are more common, but, um, but regardless of how common they are, they're going to be familiar to everyone would be, uh, the emotional and mental patterns. So the mental pattern of overwhelm we've talked about that's unlocked by the body key of organization and delivers the gift of clarity and the emotional pattern of paralysis is where we become, um, literally paralyzed by the intensity of emotion, um, coursing through or around us. Um, that pattern is unlocked by activity itself. And that's, that's worth talking about in a minute. Um, and then activity opens the, uh, regains a connection to the gift of vibrancy. So it actually, we've discussed six of the seven, we might as well look at the last one, which is another relational pattern. And that is the the pattern of relational discord, which is arising in response to a sense of threat and relationship. It's a defense mechanism. So um, that pattern of discord is unlocked by the body key of self-nurture and it delivers the gift of harmony. We have two relational patterns and they, they are representative of the two defense mechanisms that are most common in the animal world. It's fight or flight it's discord or isolation. Yeah. And, uh, what else can I tell you about that? I'll pause there. I yeah. Let's can, can keep going.
0: I mean, that one's really interesting to me. Cause like, if you had both of those. Hmm. Th- that could really,
1: my brother does.
0: Wow. Okay. That's
1: very rare. Um, and yeah. I actually just recorded a, a formula, um, a week ago, perhaps where there, this person had both of those. And, and it's, uh, it's lucky that my brother has it because when I was introducing this to him years ago, he told me, he said, Hmm, that's really interesting because we're dealing here with discord and isolation. He goes. If I, if I'm at work and, and I, and I do feel like threatened or defensive, then my initial response, like his knee jerk reaction is to like go to war. He's ready to debate. He's ready to get in their face. And then, and they said, it's like something inside him just clicks and he goes, that's not worth it. And so he disappears. And, and this is, this is the way that these relational patterns work, by the way, these two patterns more than any other put walls up around our hearts. So the pattern of discord, that moment that you feel the Oh inside where you feel like you need to defend or protect yourself against the world outside of you. That moment is the moment that walls go up around the heart, but the extra step that isolation takes not only has, uh, have walls gone, gone up around the heart, but you've built an entire fortress and you've hidden the heart deep down in the dungeon. So no one can ever access it. That's the safest place You've tricked yourself into believing that's the safest place to be. The problem is that when we wall up our hearts, we disconnect from all the subtle layers of information that we most need in order to come into contact with life, in order to come into contact with another. So when our hearts become disconnected from life or from the other, we get lost.
0: Yeah. I mean, that one's very interesting to me because I'm thinking it's like, would you be going from basically one stuckness pattern to the other? <laughs> like no, I'm going to,
1: question. you
0: know First what I'm saying? Time. Like, Oh, I think I, I kind of want to battle right here, but actually I'm going to go isolate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so keep in mind that these patterns are never effective mechanisms. The patterns play uh-huh. out subconsciously in a, in a nanosecond.
0: Okay. And,
1: and I think I made a point of saying this as well in, in the audio I recorded for you, but I, I do my best to say this every single time, which is simply that These patterns, whether you have two or seven, these patterns are very much like dominoes. And by the time that you've become aware of a tightness in the body, of a feeling of stuckness, all of those dominoes have fallen into one another. And there's really no benefit to sorting out which of them started it (laughs) because the only real information that you need to be aware of, and this is a part of why the body keys is so powerful as a tool, the only information you actually need is an awareness of tension. Mm -hmm. We talk about these patterns and it's useful as Christina's already demonstrated, very useful to shine a light on them so that we can begin to open toward these aspects of our self and our nature and our giftedness. But from a practical standpoint, we don't need any of the information. Are you, are you soft and open or are you tight and closed? That's it. And that binary system, by the way, is utterly brilliant. The binary system is is a part of what I found at the base and fundament of all life. And it is in fact, exactly what the forgotten sense model, um, communicates, demonstrates and activates.
0: Hmm. I want to talk about, I know you said you had something to say about activity. Did Hmm. you want to mention something else? Wow.
1: Thank you. See, this is, you are just such a good host. Thank (laughs) you. I'm off. I'm just all excited about everything at once. Um, so what I really enjoy about the body key of activity is that it came to me as a huge surprise. All seven body keys are some form of activity. So I was actually at war with this one for a little while, for weeks at a time, I was looking for a better word, a better word, because how could it be activity? They're all activities. That's redundant. But it turns out that activity was the right word and I need, I I've learned since then to listen better, (laughs) but, um, but at the time this was all new to me. And so, um, the reason it's activity is because that particular body key is an ultimate expression of activity. It's about releasing your full attention to some form of relieving activity. It's not just engaging in an act. It's about this meditative stance that commits your full attention to something where you totally immerse yourself in any relieving activity. For some people, this can be fairly complex. For instance, one friend paints, and this is what absorbs her attention. Um, but for me, it's much simpler for me. Activity is going for a walk or taking uh, taking the car out on a road trip or washing the dishes or vacuuming the house, simple activities that I can commit my attention to, and just kind of allow the drone of that otherwise mundane movement to, get energy moving. Cause that's what that body key is doing. It's releasing stuck emotional energy through direct physical effort. It's like a, it's like a master key. where almost like, it's like a force reset to the system that has become stuck in place. Hmm. It's also worth noting that paralysis can play itself out in ways that sometimes don't look like paralysis, right? So oftentimes in under the pressure of intense emotion, we can actually get really frantic about escaping it right. And we can busy ourselves or distract ourselves in ways that aren't helpful to us. The other alternative is to go limp. And, and this is also worth noting for any listeners here that when I'm referring to tension, I'm actually referring to what the forgotten sense refers to as a red state. It's any state that is, that is unhelpful and depletive. So tension, the tightness that we're referring to can often express itself quite counterintuitively as limpness as playing dead or playing possum. So it's not just that we're, you know, bent double by the tension in our necks and our lower backs and our jaws. It's that sometimes we just give up completely, but these are not empowered postures, whether we're limp or we're tight, these postures are costing us. They're not allowing life to move through us and to animate the fullness of our potential. So the question for us over and over again is how do we open and allow life to animate us? How do we move through life with poise? That's the question.
0: Yeah. So. I love that. I I want to ask somebody sent this in because they wanted to ask you, Yay. do you have any tips for privacy when you are in a situation where you're like around a lot of people, like let's say you're at a big family function or you're <laughs> at work, you're at work and you can't really like leave work. Uh, and there's a lot of people. Somebody asked about that. Like, do you have any tips?
1: It's a great question. One idea I've come up with this takes some creativity, but essentially what the body is seeking in this moment is a sense of spaciousness. You feel squeezed, right? So how can you regain a sense of spaciousness in the moment? One idea that I've had is to use, um, foam earplugs to create a sense of silence so that you can kind of release yourself to an inner spaciousness or even noise canceling headphones Um, can accommodate that too. And oftentimes the body key of privacy is going to correspond in one way or another with the body key of soundscape. For instance, we see that in your profile, um, Christina. And it's also worth noting that the body body key of privacy soothes the stuckness pattern of compromise, which is a special expression of melancholy. So there's always going to be this this kind of intuitive marriage between privacy and soundscape, and I think that there's a, a real benefit to be gained from um, accessing an inner privacy through something like headphones or earplugs.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, this has been the story of my life. I just, I'm like, I go, to, I, I go to the bathroom all the time, and I just like <laughs> sit there, right? And I'm just like Absolutely. looking at myself in the mirror, like, okay, just like this is my calm space. No that's one a, can get that's me a So that, that works too. Yep. Go
1: to the bathroom a lot. It used to be going out for a smoke break, right? Yeah. We have these mechanisms in place and we use them and we've used them haphazardly because we haven't understood them, Mm -hmm. but, but that's a really great question. And the reason I like that question is because it opens to the potential inherent to this system. I'm not presenting this system as a catch-all or as an answer to all things. I'm presenting it as an initiation and what each of us makes of this through application absolutely will expand anything I'm capable of seeing from where I sit now. And my application of it now is vastly different from the way it was when I was first discovering it. And already Christina's experience, if we were to sit down and just kind of, you know, discuss this for a little while for the fun of it, we would find that her experience has already begun to expand on anything I've ever discovered. For instance, I have a couple of friends who um, have the element of fire and I was on and on and on about what fire meant. And, uh, And they told me separately, um, that one of their favorite activities, which is a body key in both of their cases is to, um, build a fire in their fireplace. They literally physically engage with the actual element of fire. And I'm thinking, how have I never thought about that? You know, if you have water, maybe you love to take a bath. Like, oh, that's so cool. It just, it unlocked this whole direction that I had never considered. So I expect that to happen over and over and over again. And it's a part of the, like, like. Co-exploring that we get to do um, as more and more people meet the system.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was definitely, I'm like, I feel like there needs to be some area where we can crowdsource because for me with air, I was like, well, there's gotta be other applications I'm not thinking about and organization. I was thinking, well, if I've already organized everything I can think of, there's <laughs> <it's> gotta, <be, laughs> gotta be something else, you know? Uh, but I think that the element piece is really interesting is really fascinating to me. And so can you explain, like, is that just something you're implementing all the time or how that ties into all of us?
1: Yeah. So the element, the full terminology here is elemental expression. So I like to think of the element as a filter that all of the other aspects that we discover along the way feed through. Uh, So as we learn about our element, it's going to necessarily affect our application of the body keys. And it will also impact the way that we express our gifts it's there, you know, thereby we come up with the term expression, right? So, um, what I like about the expressions is that they will in fact, uh, play out every time that you turn toward the body keys. Um, and it's, a, it's also one of those areas that I, I expect to expand indefinitely as much as I could tell anyone about the elements now, let's, uh, so yours is air, for instance, Christina, uh, you're going to meet the element of air through any number of systems, healing modalities and philosophies for the rest of your life, right? Ancient and modern. You're just going to come up on it over and over again. And I think that every time you do, if there's an openness in you, you'll learn something about yourself that you can then apply in this area. Right. So I think that's useful. It's also worth noting that I had a separate conversation on the elements, actually breaking down how each of them works and what they're about, some of the themes inherent to them, uh, which I I believe is still like publicly available on YouTube. So if you would like, I can provide that link uh, following the conversation and anyone listening can access that and just learn more about it for the fun of it.
0: Yeah, let's definitely, if you can send me that, we'll put that in the show notes because I'm sure people would be curious. There's there's just so much to cover, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll link that in.
1: I can tell you that my element is ether, which is one of the strange ones.
0: Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Cause I, I was curious about the spirit spirit and ether. I was like, I I'm curious about these.
1: Yeah. Spirit spirit is the reason I recorded that other conversation because it has, mm. it just needed a home. In fact, I include that elements conversation, um, as a part of the package for anyone who has the element of spirit, because the element of spirit is actually an adaptive element that, um, makes use of all of the others um, basically at its whim. Mm. So, um, and this, this is actually worth noting and I'll come back to ether in just a moment, but it's worth noting that the application of this system is, is ultimately about entering into a dialogue with the body, a conscious dialogue with the body and we're scanning for what works. So you had, you had mentioned an example where you've organized everything. There's nothing left to organize. <laughs> You're crawling out of your skin. Well, the thing to do is, is to scan, to scan your experience based on what, you know, and literally sense your way forward. That's, that's a direct application of the forgotten sense too, by the way, as we sense our way toward whatever it is that will help to soften that moment of tension or worry or stress or anxiety or fear or sadness or anger. Right. So in this case, Uh, in a spirit element is in every moment that they apply the body keys, they'll be scanning to see which of these elements is going to contribute to the moment. And it it may differ from one moment to the next one moment. They may need the, the added input of a fiery element. They need the extra dynamism and spark of that element. And in in a, a later moment, they might need something much softer, like air, something more ambient and diffuse. Right. And so you can apply that to music. You know, early in the morning, maybe there's a certain like need for that, like spice of life. And they're listening to music. That's very upbeat and they're kind of, you know, dancing, but then later in the day, maybe there's a bit of a come down and the the mood changes and a spirit element is going to find this natural rhythm that they have to attune themselves to. So they have a greater responsibility in this regard than those of us who have a direct line to a single element. You know, my element of ether is unique. In that it's connected to the nervous system, and it's it's a very subtle relationship to life. Each of these different elements connects to the body in one way or another, and uh, my element is is relating to the electromagnetic frequencies in the space around me. So there's a deep sensitivity built into this, and ultimately, what I'm attuning to is the quality of anything with it, with which I am engaged. So it's it's about the tonal quality of my experience. Does it feel good? right? And it's also connected to the throat. And so I literally create ether is uh, about vibration and I create vibration through, um, the vocal cords. So an ether element is going to benefit from anything that engages the vocal cords, speaking, singing, humming, chanting, sobbing, laughing. And so I get, I get to include that in my application of the body cues.
0: That one's very interesting.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's been so fun. I'm, I'm really proud of my element. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so just like, because somebody asked this as well, cause this is derived from gene keys and human design. That's right. Mm-hmm. So is like, you're like pulling, can you explain more about that? I've never even talked about gene keys on the podcast before. So I think people don't even, I mean, that's a whole other. Um, oh no. I know. I know.
1: Oh, but... well, part three. Income. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Although you should probably get Richard to talk about that.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You might have to. <laughs> I, you know, it's I've never really gotten into it. Uh oh. for no other reason than I just haven't, you know. So um, but people were asking, like, you know, where is this coming from and gene keys?
1: Okay. Um, so the body keys is derived from human design and the gene keys. The gene keys are derived from human design in a way. Mm-hmm. Richard Rudd is the uh, creator of the gene keys. And he was actually one of the original proponents of human design and even opened the very first school of human design in the UK a long time ago. So his roots are in human design, but what Richard discovered is very much like what I've discovered, which is that human design is mm, lacking dimension So for instance, as we learn about any of our gates in, um, our human design body graph, and you're reading about many of the human design descriptions of those gates, you may begin to feel like some of them are kind of downers, you know, like, oof, that energy is pretty difficult to manage. And I think what Richard found is that, um, that the whole story wasn't being represented there. And what he discovered in the gene keys was that each of these 64 gates in human design, which he refers to as gene keys actually expressed through three unique bands and they can either express as a shadow or they can express as a gift, or they can express as what he refers to as a city, which is, uh, like an ultimate or divine expression of that energy. And so here you have a movement very much like the pattern that we see in the body keys there's there's something that isn't working, attempting to remind you of what is possible. And then you travel a path that allows for the o- ultimate flowering of that potential, right? So this is true of every single activation in your entire human design. And the gene keys constructs its own profile, which is gorgeous. And frankly, to me, it's a far more Uh, it's a far deeper journey than human design. Human design is analytical. So it tends to stay on the surface to some extent. You're constantly chasing information and you could do that your whole life long, ton of information in human design. Whereas the gene keys is far more poetic and it takes you in to each of these activations in a way that human design simply can't. Mm. Uh, So what I've done is I've taken an aspect of human design that is kind of, it's like one of these areas that's kind of left unattended. I think people get excited about the fun stuff like dietary regimen. Oh man. You know, because it's, it's technical and it's personal and it's, and it's important. I mean, I I don't mean to minimize its importance, but some of the more primary layers, like, like the themes of the centers in human design or um, the channels themselves. In in this case, the circuitry is is the, the way that all the channels kind of interrelate with one another. Uh, that's what contributes to the body cues. And this is an area that I, I just wasn't seeing so much attention being given to, but for whatever strange reason, I was being called to look there. In fact, it all began with melancholy. I was looking at, I was looking at the individual stream and I was contemplating melancholy. And I thought, boy, if this is true here, then what are the themes in these other? And there weren't answers because it wasn't talked about anywhere. So I discovered the answers or rather they were given to me. Um, And the rest is history.
0: (laughs) Wow. And here we are, you know, and just to be really clear, if you're listening, you know, I think why this has been one of the reasons why it's been so profound for me is just this realization of, I mean, it's something, you know, but then you, you look at it and go, Whoa, like my gifts are right on the other side of things that might not feel great in the moment. Right. So it's like actually working with that. And on the other side of it, you know, I think about myself and this really came up for me in the recording you sent me, I, I told you it made me really emotional, like in a positive way, but yeah, I think about two things for me, like, like originality and sovereignty and those feeling like so core to who I am and what makes me, me, like what makes me feel like myself and, um, seeing that those gifts get unlocked on the other side of these things that uh, maybe, you know, don't always feel good. It's like, well, it's right, it's right there. It's right there. So right. that has been really beautiful for me.
1: <laughs> yes, it's so fun to hear you say that. You're speaking from experience when you say that. And that's that's where the ground of of this conversation really comes from. You're speaking from wisdom, in other words. You could not have said that after reading about this on my website, or even after reading your profile, or even after hearing the audio recording, you had to kind of somehow integrate all of this and then play it out in a way that accommodates that deeper knowing that's the value of the system. And I want to be very clear about that for anyone listening, words are noise, unless we allow that noise to become a music within us. And then we can start to sing with our experience. And that's what this is all about.
0: Love that. What what a quotable moment. <laughs> you you always you always hit me with those. <laughs> I love I do, it. Too. I, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, I we could talk about so many things forever, but I feel like that's a really great place to kind of wrap it up for people. And I know that this has probably given people a lot more insight in, into this. I just can't recommend learning more about this for yourself if you're listening. Uh, and you, you know, where to find Tim, but do do you want to remind them where they can connect further with you?
1: Absolutely. Yes. You can find me online at timothybrainerd.com. And I'd also just like to say that in the time since we last spoke, Christina, everything on my website has been updated. I mean, things that we were talking about as ideas last time now exist and uh the one thing that i would love everyone listening to know is that the trifecta bundle is is uh the primary package that i can recommend as like a discounted option for accessing several of these offerings. And what I've recently done with the bundle is I've made it fully customizable. So you can configure your trifecta experience by selecting any three services of your, of your choosing. So if you loved our last conversation about dietary regimen and you want that, and you want the forgotten sense and you want the body keys, you could go in and select those three. And if you wanted any other three, you just configure it however you want. So, that was a good move. I I wish I had thought of it sooner, but uh, please, I hope that, you know, anyone listening feels invited to take advantage of that.
0: Yes. I love that. The trifecta. I'm looking at it right now. So I love that, that packaging. So perfect. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was so, so great. And I just really appreciate you and your time. So
1: thank you you too. You're very welcome. This is such a pleasure. And already I can't wait till next time. I mean, you know, trifecta, Hopefully there's uh, a part three. We'll talk about. Yeah, it we might
0: have to. Let us know if you guys want a part three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Thank you again.
0: Huge thank you to Tim for coming back on the podcast. If you enjoyed this, be sure to take a screenshot and share it to social media. Tag me. Tag at Christina the Channel podcast and tag Tim at timothy brainard and you can check out all of his offerings get your body keys personal formula check out all of his other incredible offers the forgotten sense mineral allies there are so many fun things to pick from just head to his website timothybrainard.com and the links will be in the show notes of course so that's going to be it for today's episode thank you again so much for tuning in i hope you have an incredible rest of your day and i will chat with you again next time